Hey guys, it's Paul. Welcome to another episode of the Combat Veteran Breakdown Podcast. I am your host, combat veteran, MMA fighter, YouTuber, Paul. And today I wanted to do a, I don't know if breakdown's the right word. Yeah, breakdown, right? On to answer the question, what would I do, or rather, what would I bring to survive in the Fallout universe, specifically the universe of Fallout 4, right? And so we're going to say in this scenario that I am in the Commonwealth, right? This is uh, the post-apocalyptic area of Boston, Massachusetts, and that I like the titular titular main character like the sole survivor i too am frozen in a vault unthawed but i have all of my stuff so what do you do but uh, i guess i'll also caveat this i don't have necessarily the knowledge that he does okay and hopefully the real intent of this right that there's always an actual learning that may take place is i want to give you guys a sense of how we can think about survival and how to think about managing a, a crisis um, that we can use, of course, good old Fallout 4 as an excuse. And in the finest traditions of Devin Nash, if you're a Devin Nash fan, you know what I'm talking about. He always will help sort of break down his thoughts using, using Notepad. Um, I'm going to do it using my friend Google Sheets. And someone pointed out that I actually have this bad habit of, let's see, there we go, beautiful. Okay, so the, 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 the mighty powers of the universe tell me, Paul, we are going to be sending you to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, home of the Brotherhood, Weird Bears, the Institute, the Enclave. Maybe the Enclave's there, I don't know. Uh, a lot of yahoos, right? There are a myriad of threats, of course. So let's start in priority order. Right? Number one is, of course, that you have to be able to breathe. Right? Now, luckily, oxygen, the thing that you can only survive about five minutes without, you, can, you don't need a mask. Right? You don't need a gas mask or air filter. Um, I think there's some areas that do require it, but by and large, you should be a-okay without that, right? So no gas mask or pro mask. The other thing is that the reality is with gas mask or MBC gear is that it has a pretty short lifespan, right? The filters will, are good for around, I think, 24 hours of air filtration. So even if you brought that, even if you brought three days worth, you'd still eventually run out. Right, so unless you were confident that there would only be transitory areas where the air was too toxic to breathe, um, a gas mask really isn't going to change the outcome. So then ask ourselves, what is the next most important thing human beings need to survive? And that, of course, is water. So as you know, the water in Fallout 4 is uh, seems like it would not be that potable. Right? There's not that many flowing rivers. There's a lot of stagnant lakes um, surrounded by a lot of dead foliage. 
And this is a problem one, because bacteria of all sorts breeds in almost all stagnant water, but especially in sort of swampy water with a lot of organic matter decomposing within it, the opportunities for bacteria and germs to breed are considerable. To make matters worse, right, these lakes probably have a lot of radioactive particulate, right? Water actually does a great job of dispersing radiation, um, and it's actually not that like irradiated water, unless it's incredibly irradiated, is not terribly dangerous. Um, but that said, particulate within that water could definitely pose a danger to your health if you drank a lot of it or it was an exceptionally high dosage, right? Obviously, ingesting radiation where the particles stay in your body is one of the things that is, is most dangerous um, about radiation generally, right? If you remember, there was a Russian dissident who was killed in the UK um, by the Russian government, and they uh, poisoned him using a radioactive isotope that he was injected with, and his body was unable to clear it, and he received a lethal dose of radiation from within, right? So the danger is of ingesting radiation is very real, but the water itself won't radiate you. It will be particulate in the water. All that to say, right? So we need to, well, survive, obviously. Um, we need to get water, and that is going to be a filter, probably one of the 40,000-gallon ceramic um, water filters that you see um you know, that they sell, they call them Sawyer filters. They are pretty standard camping equipment. Um, maybe one, maybe a larger primary one and a secondary one. You, of course, will also need a uh, large canteen, right? Possibly as big as one gallon, right? Because one gallon is about what you need to hike a, for one day in pretty high heat. Um, and if you show up in summer in Massachusetts, it can be quite warm, as it can be quite warm if you have to wear armor or cart around a heavy backpack, right? Of course, to also make the filter work, you probably are going to want a sort of gray water bag. That's, of course, a bladder that you can use to push through the, the water through the filter. So uh, we're going to call this like a gray water uh, bladder. Right, and when I camp, I actually use just a smart water bottle because they happen to be compatible. Right, so there's your system for a water filter. I may also add in here a small pot, and that is because if the filter is damaged or I don't think it's sufficient to get out all the bacteria, I can I want to be able to put water in a pot and boil it over a fire source. Right, okay. So, to, and that, of course, boiling water will kill all bacteria in it. But bear in mind, boiling water, even in a lot of cases, water filters, they won't pull out things like heavy metals. So water can still be hazardous to drink, right? And you should still scout around and see if you can see anything going into the water that worries you. Again, toxic waste or discharge from a factory or something like that. All right. 
even even like a like a car or a crashed plane anything that could leak non-water hazardous chemicals in you'd want to look out for so you've got your water right next of course doing food is not next the next is actually shelter or we can think of it as regulating our body temperature right and why is this ahead of food well it's because you will die of exposure after as little as one night right so that's a, something a threat that's within a 24-hour time span whereas a human being can make it up to three weeks without food so how do we regulate our temperature first we want something like a raincoat right i would probably get one in military camouflage because you know it's it's the wasteland it's a, a post-apocalyptic you want to be able to camouflage yourself if you can and raincoats are great because not only do they keep out keep your skin and your stuff from getting soaked from rain but they also tend to be really insulating right especially if they're partnered with something else right some sort of what hikers and backpackers call a mid-layer mid-layer is just a term for any warm layer uh, a classic one is going to be like a fleece pullover right and that having three layers right gives you an advantage because it lets you add or subtract layers based on the heat you can literally wear all three in the morning and as the day warms up shed it and that's because you want to make sure that your body doesn't expend more calories than necessary in regulating your temperature right it in order to maintain your homeostasis, what you don't want to do is make your body work hard. So that means either if you're shivering, right, and it's you're burning calories to try to keep your, your core temperature high, or you're sweating, burning calories to keep your core temperature low. Either one of those are an indicator that you're not properly regulated. And honestly, it won't even be shivering. It may just be feeling cold, right? The sensation of cold will tell you that your body's working too hard to maintain your core temperature so layers should come on and go off regularly the other thing that you need right is a really nifty uh tool that i think is a a, a one of the better innovations that the military has come up with and that is a we'll say a three-piece sleeping bag what is a three-piece sleeping bag? Well, a three-piece sleeping bag is crucially a sleeping bag, just like the coat, fleece, and usually you'll, I'm, I'm thinking you'll have a shirt, right? Like a, even like a vault tech jumpsuit or something. Uh, the sleeping bag works on the same principle. It's layered. The outer layer is a Gore-Tex waterproof cover that covers your entire body, right? It's almost like an individual tent in terms of its protective qualities. Then within that are is a heavy black backpack that will insulate you up to the current u.s army's iteration will insulate you the black one will do down to zero degrees fahrenheit and then the green one down to 32 degrees fahrenheit but combined they can get they can insulate you down to like negative like 60 right so it's really a tiny I mean, comparatively, it's still pretty big and heavy and bulky, um, but it's a small package that allows you to be protected from the elements, especially from the cold at night. 
and because it's military, the cover on the outside is camouflaged. Meaning that if you tuck yourself in somewhere, you can pull that cover over and you'll be relatively camouflaged from any outside observers. Okay, so we've talked about maintaining homeostasis. Now let's talk about the food situation. Well, what is, that's of course the next, maybe the second most important thing, right? After, there's some other things that sort of sit in this category, right? So food, now here's the thing. Obviously in Fallout, there's a lot of things. Some of them are edible, some of them are not, but you have to be able to uh, find them. And when it comes to looking for food, in the Fallout universe, just like in our universe, it's hard. It's hard. It takes a lot of time and energy to fish or to hunt or even to harvest enough food for a day. You have to basically dedicate your entire day to hunting, fishing, or harvesting to get enough food to sustain yourself for the next day. But you see that can quickly become a vicious cycle depending on the plent how plentiful game and food sources are. And so you, what you want to do is avoid that trap where you get stuck in a location and you're spending all your time and effort just trying to get enough calories to make it to the next day. And that's why I would want a freeze-dried meal, probably about two, right? These freeze-dried backpacking meals or an MRE potentially. Um, the freeze-dried meals are great because they're just add water and they allow you to get, they're extremely, extremely lightweight, and you just add water, and you get 800 to 1,000 calories, boom, in your stomach, ready to go, right? So you can extend that three weeks without food much longer, but more importantly, you can get two days in which you don't have to dedicate yourself full time to hunting for food, right? That allows you to get to a nearby town, to leave an area that feels hostile or dangerous, right? It allows you to set off and cover the 20 miles or so in a day that, it, that a burdened human being can cover. And of course, more if you are, don't have a heavy pack or you are sort of um, on improved roads, right? So we talked about the freeze-dried meals. Let's talk about some other facets, right? You want to be able to, of course, if you find food, cook and prepare it. So what's the next thing that I need? Well, obviously you're going to want some sort of fire starting device, right? Now I would say, a lot of people say, oh, you want one of those, um, one of those sparkers, but that is using that is pretty technical and can be pretty finicky. Um, if you're good, obviously you can definitely pull it off. I would say, again, the perspective in the Fallout universe is there are people, there are civil, there is civilization, right? So you need just to be able to survive long enough to get there and engage in some sort of what we call sustainment, right? You need to be able to start to get your own resources and not depend on just what you brought indefinitely. So that's why I would say probably just a lighter and maybe some waterproof matches again that's going to be up to two weeks of uh, fire starting 
that you can use to, again, boil water, cook meat, something that's going to help you, you know, get your hands, get food, get calories into you. Now let's talk about some other issues. One is medical. Medical is tricky, and it's tricky for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, because a lot of what we think of as wilderness medicine or backpacking medicine or survival medicine assumes, erroneously, that there is higher levels of care waiting for you, right? It's about stabilizing a patient. So for example, a tourniquet. A tourniquet may stop you from bleeding out, but without getting you to a surgeon, to a hospital, um, a tourniquet is just sort of delaying the inevitable, right? And you're sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul. So it, when you look at that perspective, you ask yourself, okay, what can be reasonably treated and can be reasonably effective, right? And so for me, I would probably want some sort of the equivalent of like a two-week course or a four-week course of antibiotics, probably something like doxycycline or Bactrim, right? Something that if I get an infection, I can take and treat and clear, um, you know, at least offer some sort of treatment independently. Um, I would maybe consider something like a bandage, right, that I could wrap around, say, a bad cut. Um, but beyond that, even bandages, right, y y you don't need more than just one. Because again, if you have a pot and you have water, you can actually boil rags and use them as sterile improvised bandages. Um, so again, I might consider a dedicated bandage that I could put on in an emergency. But other than that, medical-wise, there's not a ton. Uh, maybe something to deal with an allergy, like a Benadryl or another like anti-allergen, um, just in case you have an allergic reaction to some getting bitten by some irradiated bug. But again, beyond that, without help, without a higher level of care, there's your options for meaningful self-care are really, really limited, okay, as on your own, right? Now, the other thing we sort of get to is protection. And this is, of course, the discussion that every gun nerd loses their mind over. What weapon would you take into the Fallout universe? And again, I think it's pretty fair to say that from the Fallout universe perspective, um, you want it to be something that you can not just have that's powerful, but actually be able to sustainably use Right, so you wouldn't want to take, say, an assault rifle if there aren't rounds for it, right? Uh, but I believe I believe Fallout Four has um, has AR-15s, right? I think so. So. So we, yeah. So I would probably say that you would want to take some sort of either but your first bet would be like probably an m4 uh variant or clone right and you would want it with iron sights because obviously batteries in the wasteland 
pretty uncommon. And you would want, of course, probably a standard combat loadout, 210 rounds, right? And six magazines. Another option, right? And the nice thing is about a, a 5.56 round is that it's good at short distances, good at long distances, good for hunting, good for self-defense. And what you want is a weapon, though, that's biggest asset is its deterrence. You don't want to look like a target, right? If you look like someone who's very dangerous, then you are probably going to, well, get left alone, or you're more likely to get left alone. Now, would I carry something like a plate carrier? This is tougher to say. I think that answer is maybe, right? Here's the trade-off. Again, one, a plate carrier can absolutely offer some protection, right? But if you are solo, if someone's shooting at you with one round, they're more likely to shoot at you with a bunch. And that can be a problematic, right? Because even if it catches one round, it's not just going to magically end the fight. Similarly with things like explosions, right? Even if it catches most of the shrapnel, it won't take much to help you because even small wounds can become lethal if you don't have battle buddies to help you and a higher level of medical evacuation to get to. So a leg wound is just as lethal as a torso wound if there's no one to treat it. And so for that reason, I would maybe just leave the plate carrier at home, right? It's going to impede your mobility a lot, right? And it offers only protection among your heart and lungs, which is not necessarily a, a huge help, right? I might consider something like, as a compromise, a um, soft plate vest like Kevlar, right? That's very lightweight, fits closely around the torso, and will protect you from a lot of uh, shrapnel and small arms, but not an assault rifle caliber round, right? Probably just a case if you're fighting someone with a rifle or assault rifle round, you're, you're, probably, you're probably in a lot of trouble anyway, right? So we've talked about the basics, right? We've talked about water, shelter, food, medical, and your protection. Some other things that you probably are going to want are first a uh, knife and a sharpening stone. You may not, you may actually, I'll say skip the sharpening stone. There's a lot of things, even like an old mug, um, only old ceramics you can use to sharpen things. The knife may even not be essential because there's just so many knives around everywhere in the post-apocalyptic world of Fallout. But you may want one just because it's useful. Um, another useful item might be fishing line because fishing line, of course, can be corded into cordage and can be good on its own to, well, help you fish. Again, if you can't hunt, it's an easy way to try to get some valuable calories, right? Maybe fishing line and hooks. But again, the thing with fishing line, remember, it's about cordage. It's about the ability to tie things together, tie things onto one another, and being able to do that is pretty essential. Next up, right, is of course a place to put all this. And this is why I would honestly probably say a huge military grade rucksack. And this would probably be either one of the military's modern rucksacks in OCP, maybe the Molly 2, something that's big 
and why. Because remember, you will probably be picking up more things as you go than putting them away. All right. So you would want something that can carry all of your junk. And that's what I would probably say, a, a Molly 2 OCP rock. Other things that we would want. Well, obviously, of course, you, you, and, and obviously I'm not hand-waving this and winning on technicalities where I'm like, I would like a million caps. <laughs> you know, of course, yes, sure. Come in with something of extreme value. But honestly, even then, something of extreme value without someone to protect you is it, it makes you a target right so you don't want to have something that's too valuable does that make sense so what are we missing right what else would you need to survive in the fallout universe and and the, maybe the only other thing i can think of is some sort of kevlar helmet right this would be again to protect you from since there's a since there is a lot of enemies that attack you with melee um you want something that's going to keep your noggin from getting slammed you know it, it, concussions are one of those things and head wounds generally they bleed a lot concussions are an easily easily can be lethal especially blows to the back of the head it doesn't take much to really do some damage. So being able to protect that is pretty essential. That's why the helmet was introduced hundreds of years before body armor because its protective qualities were just so, so, so great on the battlefield. All right. Beyond that, what else would you need to survive in Fallout 4? Maybe I'd take some bartering items. Maybe. Um... Other than that, man, it comes down to one thing, and this is this is sort of the principle of like survival that everyone misses that I think drives me crazy. A lone human being just can't last that long anywhere. Even the sole survivor from the Fallout franchise can't last long without friends, right? They have to find an organization that they can be a part of that will help them and they in turn contribute, right? So this is what this is all geared towards this is about getting to somewhere and meeting someone who can help you survive in a really hostile world or a group of people that can help you survive in a really hostile world and once you have that right they will be able to are the ones who can you know provide help you aid you and in turn you provide and help them and this is the way to think about all of these sort of survival things, is that human beings in groups, working together, collaborating, that is the true secret to being able to survive in a hostile and unforgiving world. In fact, it's the secret to surviving in this world. Whether you realize it or not, you have to work together with people if you want to survive much of anything. Okay, guys, this has been a quick one, but I really appreciate you joining me on this, and I hope you learned a little bit about how to think about planning for a crisis, planning for survival, um, and we got to talk a little bit about old our friends, the world of Fallout. Thanks so much for watching. Be sure, of course, to check out my other two channels, Combat Veteran Reacts and MHGR, and until next time, I will see you guys later.